0: Our job is not just to be consumers. Our job is to be contributors. Our job is not just to be consumers. Our job is to be contributors. Yes, we do receive. Yes, we do benefit. Yes, we do take in. You take in a message. Um, The Bible gives metaphors like you're eating. You know, I'm, I'm like serving lunch or breakfast or brunch, and you're taking it in. But that's just one small, small part of what it means to be the church. It's a small part. And so you and I weren't built to just consume. We were built to contribute. And so during the series, what I hope to accomplish is to make sure we all, all, one, two, three, all, become contributors. Contributors. All become contributors. And uh, you will find if you do any amount of work looking at what it's all about, that that's what God built us to do. The church is not a venue where you come for entertainment and evaluation. So you go, you, you evaluate, you give me a couple of stars on your Facebook thing, you know, and you talk about what you like and what you didn't like. That, had, that was never, ever a part of the church. church is always a family w- which had an incredible mission. And so we're calling this Row the Boat because for years, almost every single year, I tell this story. And it's, here's the story. Um, And what I decided to do this year was to turn the story into an entire series. But I'm going to tell you the story. The church is like a boat. Actually, I don't know if all of you knew this or not, but one of the early symbols, one of the early symbols of the church that they used to put on walls or markings in certain places so you knew it was a church back in the day was a symbol of a boat. A boat. Now, if you go, some of you have old-school church roots or uh, on the other continent, other, across the pond, they have these big, beautiful cathedrals. And in the, in the middle of the cathedral where everybody sits, you know, a lot of them were shaped like a cross, right? And and the main body where everybody sits, do you know what that's called? The? No one here ever went to church. We, we're like, this is, I didn't either, so no one here knows anything about church. It's called the nave. One, two, three, The? It comes from the latin word navis what's the latin word navis mean ship when you said i'm going to sit in the nave i'm going to sit in the ship i'm in the what i'm in the boat i'm in the why did they use this metaphor i think there's so many reasons but one of the reasons they used this metaphor was because the church had a mission the church was doing something the church was actually there to finish, this is so important, what Jesus started. How many think Jesus did some good stuff while he was here? Now I'm not here, sometimes I'm here to try to sell you on Jesus. I'm here to tell, I'm already going to assume that. I don't always assume that. I'm not going I'm just going to assume you've crossed the Jesus line already. Okay? Some of you haven't, we'll get you there. But for this series, for this series, I want to say something. What Jesus did and what he started was good. The scripture says he went around doing good and healing. Doing good. Why? Because our world, right, need saving, healing, rescuing, fixing. So the church, are you ready? This is so important, picks up Right where Jesus left off. Jesus said things like this. Greater things than these will you do. They were marveling at all the things that Jesus did. And Jesus says, no, you don't get it. Greater things than these will you do. Now I want to talk to some of you who watch too much news. Going to work with your head down. It's so terrible. It's so terrible. It's so terrible out there. You're worried about the world and it's all going to hell. You have all these conversations and it's woe is me. Listen, this is so important. You say, what's wrong with our world? And listen, this is so important. You can spend the rest of your days and coffee breaks and lunch hours talking about what's wrong with the world and this. They call it cursing the darkness or Or you simply can light a candle. You can curse and curse and worry and wonder and point and blame. And and at the end of the day, look, God gave us something in Christ, his spirit, right? And the power of God's spirit working through us in love, right? Love to turn the world around to finish the work that Jesus already started, Now, if you had some notes, I put a few together for you, but I want to read from Ephesians, and this is so important. Um, I, I couldn't help, I had to use the message paraphrase. It was so good. All right, let me read it. You can follow. God raised him from death. We know this and set him on a throne deep in heaven. Now, this is, a course, metaphorical language. I mean, there's no, like, physical throne out there near Mars where Jesus is sitting. This is saying God is in charge of everything. He's in charge of everything. Everything. One, two, three, everybody say everything. Everything. From galaxies to what? Governments. No name, no power, exempt from his rule. He's in charge of it all. Now I know right away you have all these things going on in your head. Yeah, but what about this? And what about this? I'm gonna to get to all the whatabouts in a minute. What you need to know now is that there's somebody's in charge above it all. He has the final word on everything. And get this: at the center of all this, at the center of all of this, Christ. Rules what? The church. Like, oh, I thought the church was irrelevant now. I thought that was all passe. I thought that was all gone. I thought it was all unimportant. Wrong, wrong, and wrong. The church. In fact, if I do my job in this series, you're going to understand that the church is it, that the church is the hope of our world. The church. Now, you have a wide range of views depending on where you grew up and what you've experienced on the importance of the church. You have a wide range of views. I know it's very popular today to be anti-church. Believe me, you should be a pastor. I know how popular this view is, all right? Once you're in a social setting and someone introduces you as a pastor, all the eyes turn, people start finding other places to go, things to do, right? I understand this. I was at, I was, I was at special service with a, a, a bereaving family in our church, And uh, we were marking a birthday uh, of a sweet, sweet girl that we lost this year, too young. And we're having this moment of beautiful remembrance and silence and prayer and candle lighting and all this. And then in the the breaking the silence, someone's cell phone goes off and their ringer was attuned to a song about the church. And not a nice song about the church. Take me to church. I'll worship at the right throne of your lies. I mean, it goes on. And I'm here. I'm the pastor. We have a moment of silence. And, Take me to church. I'll worship like a dog at the throne of your lies. And there is silence. This is true. This happens to me, right? And I, and I have to follow this act, you know? So, on one end, on one end of the spectrum are people that are absolutely bitter and hate. And see nothing but bad. And can I just say this? And I have been the toughest critic. I I come after our own. You guys have been here. You know that. Um, So when we're getting it wrong, we need to get it it in the chops. When we're getting it wrong, we need to get it in the chops. Say amen. amen. This is true. We get it wrong. The church has gotten it wrong many times. And when we're getting it wrong, we need to own it. And we have. Having said that, there are some people, maybe we'll put them in the middle, and church is nice. Church is nice. You know, get the kids dressed up. Get the kids out of trouble. Get them believing in something good. It's nice. Maybe just a little little bit further down on the spectrum are people that, you know, it's just something you got to do. You got to do to get God off your back. Or your wife off your back or somebody off your back right it's not really that helpful it's not really going to do much but it's just something you and then all the way listen all the way over here you find people like jesus and paul the apostle who say the church when the church is working right the church is the hope of our world why because jesus left and he left them he left it with us they were like staring in the sky. Hey, hey. And he's like, you guys can take it from here. That's it. That's the plan. That's the plan. You can take it from here. Can I go a little further? The church you see is not peripheral to the world. That's what most people think. Like, yeah, You kind of have your world. You have the things that are important. And you got the church out, you know, I mean, to, to take the kids peripheral it's out there in the side if you get time huh if the lions aren't playing well this is important Uh, here's all I can say all I can say write this on your notes what if this is true write it what if this paragraph is true what if somebody someone what if Christ is really ruling all of it and at the center of it is he's ruling his church it puts us in the crosshairs of God's plan to fix our broken world. It puts a lot on this boat. The church is Christ's what? Body. One, two, three. The church is Christ's what? Body. Now, we're going to use all kinds of metaphors. We've got metaphors coming left and right, right? Church is a boat. The church is a body. But think about the body metaphor for a minute. Jesus physically is not here. So the church is now the body of Christ. Christ has spread himself out over the whole planet. Can I tell you, I've worshipped in little churches, in little brick things. We had to duck down one light bulb in the middle of Hyderabad, India, and far, 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 far in the northern parts towards the Himalaya Mountains of India and and deepest in, in in the heart of Africa and Latin America, all over, and God is working all over. Look at this. Think about it. What if the church is God's plan to fix the world? No longer can you point at your television set and blame one particular party and say, if my party was in power, if this party was out of power, if this politician... No, all the pointing we have to do is what? We got to get her done. We have to get it going. We have to get after it. We have to take serious our calling, our responsibility, the weight that God has put on the what? I have to be a participant. I have to. I cannot sit here. Those little cushy green chairs, huh? I think maybe we are messengers and, and myself, we're going to go out and just tear all the cushion off of them between services. God never, he, this is, we have the same point. God didn't meet, for. did you know the early church, up until the 16th century, they didn't even have furniture in the church. You stood or you kneeled. Around the 16th century, wealthy people started bringing their own bench. The first BYOB, right there. It was in 16th century Europe. First time. You didn't, have, you didn't sit. You guys will hear me. I'm going to use this metaphor again. I've used it so many times. It's a football huddle. We get. This is just a huddle. This is just a huddle. That's not the play. Just get together. Hold hands, we do hands, we do the whole thing. Wait, this is the huddle. We encourage each other. It's been tough out there. You gotta go out there and smash it this week. The church is what we do, it's who we are. It's Monday. The church is Thursday. The church is Wednesday. That's the church. Whenever you see God at work through people like you and I, that's the church. This is just a gathering, an important one, no doubt. They didn't even have furniture. You just came in, you stood, or you kneeled. It was the people with money that started bringing their benches in. Huh? Think about this. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts. You've ever said this saying, I just wish God would do something? Uh, This is so important. You've said it. I just wish God, where is God? Why isn't God doing something? You know what God's saying? Where are, that's his plan. I'm, t- I'm just here to tell you. How does God speak and act right now? Through the church, through his body. We're waiting for the big the big blow horn in the sky. All right, move, everybody move left. I'm coming in. <laughs> not, it's not going to happen that way. How is God going to heal our world, save our world? Through you. The boat is rescuing. One of the reasons I I asked these guys to do that song called Point to You is because it talks about rescuing. It talks about pulling somebody in. So when I tell this story, I say the boat is just pulling people in people that are drowning, people that are discouraged, people that are confused, people that are burdened down by their shame, by their mistakes, by their problems, by their past, by anything. We pull them in. We we are the rescuing boat and we're pulling people in. You ever been left in the water too long? I mean, it's probably rare, but maybe one or two or three of you would have had this experience where you got left in the water. And you didn't know if you were going to live or die. You didn't know. And along came a boat, and they pulled you in. Now, this is so important. It doesn't matter when they pull you in. It doesn't matter what color you are. They don't do a sex check. No one asks you about the religion. No one asks you anything. When you're drowning, you just get pulled aboard. The church is the life-saving boat. It's our job. It's our privilege, just as Christ did. Did you see people lumping onto his boat all the time? All the common people jumping aboard? What? All I want to say is, what if that passage that Paul wrote is true? That the way... That we can't keep saying, God, do this from the sky. When God said, I give you my spirit. I taught you how to love. I showed you the way. You heal our world. You do it. You have the power of God's spirit. First Corinthians, you are Christ's body. That's who you are. That's who you are. Let's say it together. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only. Everybody say only. Only. Only As you accept your part of that body, does your, this is huge. So if you use this metaphor, we are the body of Christ and you are a what? Part. You're a part. You're a kneecap, bro. You are one sweet kneecap. Now, here's how, here's how our modern culture wants us to... This is so important. Our modern culture wants you to join a kneecap club. Now, think about it. Be around all the kneecaps. Compare... Because you, you like kneecaps, right? Some of you, you're an eye. You could go hang around with all the eyes. How ridiculous is it for all the eyeballs to be in one room, all the ears to hang out in another, all the kneecaps to be in this wing? This is what we've done. And we said, well, you could hang out with people. No, hang out with people that are completely different from you. Be connected to people that are complete opposite from you. A couple of you Republicans, hang out with a Democrat. A couple of you Democrats hang out with an independent. A couple of you this, do that. And why? Because we all provide something different. We, we, we're dying with this isolationism. We're all, we need to be the same exact. No, no, no. The, what makes us beautiful as the body of Christ is how different and diverse we are. Mm, you didn't like that part of the message? Okay, you didn't like that part. Some parts they like, some parts they don't. I want to say something here because this is essential. This, my friends, is not a cruise ship. I should change the message series from row the boat to row the ship. Because the nave means ship. Row the ship. But it's not a cruise ship, my friends. You know what a cruise ship is. I've never been, but I've heard about them. Here's what I hear. You eat way too much put your hand up out there you just gain 10 pounds on one of those things just eat all and you eat when you want you eat how you want yeah you just sign up for this restaurant you sign up for that you can eat all night long you don't have to mix with people you don't like mixing is optional you are passive you are there to be entertained You go to this part of the ship for this and you go to this part of the ship for that and they have dancing over here and they have gambling over here and they have drinking over here and they have volleyball over here and it's all about you. It's to entertain you. The church is not a cruise ship. This ship needs a crew. You aren't passengers. You are crew. Crew. You have a responsibility. You have a shared and common goal to to finish the work that Jesus started in healing and saving and rescuing our broken worlds. And you know what the crews do? They all eat together at one common table. And guess what else they do? They provide their own entertainment at dinner after working and working and working, they finally sit down. By the way, they all help prepare their own meals, and then they sit down, and guess what they do? Tell stories. And they provide their own entertainment, because what they do is entertaining to them. It's absolutely engaging to them. For years, as I've told this story, I've I've made something very, very clear, and I want to make it clear again today. I think every single one of us, every single one of us should be crew. We should should be rowing. We should be apart. There are these exceptions for seasons, exceptions for seasons. These beautiful children that we dedicated today, we really don't expect a lot out of them, do we? Huh? Do we expect much out of them? No, it's our job. It's the whole reason we do this. It's our privilege to take care of them. We will all give extra effort, even if they snub me. <laughs> we love them. We care for them. We don't expect from them. When we bring newborn babies into our boat, we don't expect. You guys have been here so many. Have you have ever say church is free. Who am I saying it's free to? Not you. It's free because no one should ever feel that there's a price of admission to getting on this boat. Ever. Should ever feel that way. You get on here, we'll row for you. You're drowning. You're a babe. You're hurting. You're broken. We got your back. This is what Paul was trying to get across in 2 Corinthians. He says, our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed. So it's not, we bring you in the boat to get relief, relief from the suffering, from the hurting, from the drowning, and you take time, and you drink water, and you get shade, and you sit there, and you let healing come over you, and you get back to nourishment and back to health. But a year later, bro, you're still eating my chocolate bar. You gained 300 pounds, and you're sitting there, you know, waiting for a margarita. Bro, could you help us out? Not so that I'm straining at the oars, and you never once offered to help. It's our boat. All of us have a job to do. Church is not a spectator sport. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need. Have you gone through seasons of life where you've had extra time? Someone's like, not recently. So how many are short on time? Time is difficult for you, right? Put your hand up. I'm just curious, right? You know, there's seasons like, I don't have any time. So I don't have any money. Sometimes you have extra time and you don't have money. Sometimes, you ever been short on emotion? You ever been in a season of life where you just didn't have any? Where the well was all the way down to here. There's nothing there, man. There, I, I don't have anything to give. I just need people to give to me emotionally. Think You could have a million dollars in the bank and you could have nothing in the emotional tank what do you need you need someone to write you a check you need someone to give you a hug to write you a letter to tell you you're amazing in other words the way the body is designed this is so important is that everybody has these seasons that they go through in life and i'm here to help you through this season whatever it is and you in turn help me through a different season in my life doesn't that make a lot of sense if we see ourselves as connected, the big problem, the big problem is this. We've been baked in an independent culture, and we don't think we're connected. We think we stand on our own, and the Bible's trying to tell you you're an elbow. You don't stand alone. And you don't say you 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 just don't go well. You know my back hurts, but who cares? It's my back. You don't say oh my liver's failing, but who cares? It's a liver. If any part hurts or is failing, it all matters. We what the big big problem is? We don't believe this metaphor. We don't believe it. We see ourselves as all independent, not connected. I don't need you. You don't need me. I, if you're hurting, you probably made a mistake. Hmm. We, we, didn't, we, we didn't make any mistakes. But if you're hurting, you probably really screwed up. We have all these American axioms. Uh, if you make your bed, you lie in it. Very very grace-oriented. So I'm saying, well, if you're, if you're hurting, that's, I'm connected to you. So I'm hurting. I want to end with this. Ephesians says this. God is building a home. So he adds another metaphor in here. Talk about a boat, talk about a body. or a building. And you've heard me say this a million times. This thing is not a church. It couldn't pass as a church even if it could pass as a church i mean no this is just a warehouse so you can't even fool anybody with this one but for often we always think of church as a as a as a, as a building as a place but the, the, we, we're the building and he likens it to us all being bricks We all are connected to one another, and together we make something special. Together we make something special. God's building this house, and he doesn't go and live in certain buildings. He's everywhere. But when we come together, something special happens. I think it's Peter that talked about them being living stones. What a great way. Like living stones connected to one another. I I hope you'll join us for the whole series. I really do. I hope you'll understand something that they wanted to know in the early church. They wanted to know how to fix their broken world. Listen, listen, listen. The same thing. I mean, they had CNN back then. It was just a little different, slight variation. But, you know, the courier, you know, could come by, you tell him what's going on in Rome. And, and I was like, oh, it's so terrible. It's so terrible. It's so terrible. And so Paul wrote this document. It ended up in your Bible. It's called the book of Ephesians. And he talked about power over and over and over again. He talked about power and what he was saying is, we're going to conquer this power. This and it was evil. I mean, they just they just killed people left and right. You got to align with Rome. They just killed you. There was no trial. They just killed you. How are we going to fix that? How are we going to defeat that power? And he says, with the power of God, the power of Christ, not a military power, not waging war, not none of it's very different. It's a it's a subverting power of love by God's Spirit. That somehow, working through love was going to turn the world upside down. So if you've ever read the book of Ephesians, it's a book about power. How are we going to defeat the evil? How are we going to fix it? Through the power of Christ. It's not military. It's not even political. It's the power of love. have you ever been a groupie? Don't put your hand up real high because it's so embarrassing, but you have. <laughs> I mean, you, 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 you've, you've just, you've been around something that just looked exciting. Like, there's, a, there's a concert, there's a really important person, a famous person, and you just feel, I mean, your heart doesn't, you're lying if you know, I mean, like, oh, that's Bono, oh, oh, it's Bono. Right, and you know, can I get close to him, Can I get, oh, what? Athletes, stand in line, mobs of people, There's something, listen, there's something about us that wants to be where the action is. A few months ago, I was in Washington, D.C. I was there to help with a justice ministry cause to help us fight um, for women, women's rights around the world, and especially impoverished people. And uh, I was there with some, and when you get to Washington, it feels different. The air feels different. You feel power. People and, and people start behaving differently when, when certain people get in the certain rooms, senators and things like that, and people, you just feel different. Like, oh, th- this is where the action is. Listen to me. The church is where the action is. Whether people believe it, whether they understand it, it's, it doesn't matter. That's why right before that whole passage, Paul wrote this. I pray that you get it. I pray that the eyes of your heart are enlightened that you could see It was similar to the prayer that Elisha prayed that his servant would see. He says, there's more with us than there are against us. I just pray your eyes would open. Uh, Here's my prayer. I pray you get it. I do. I pray you understand that this is where the action is. You say, that's easy for you because you're a pastor. Good speech. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. But if you've been around here long enough to know, you know I've given the church all it can handle. And I'm here to tell you something. God's plan to heal our broken world is through the church. It's through you. We have to stop pointing to other things and other people. And we just have to say, Lord, I'm ready. I'm I'm grabbing my own.